Hello everyone, welcome to another Ismono podcast and this episode is an old episode from 2021. Back then the podcast was Patreon only. Nowadays you can get a very early access of all episodes on Patreon many weeks before you can actually hear it on this podcast. So if you want to support the channel and the podcast, please check out my Patreon at you know the bow. In this episode I talked to one of the YKT originals Patreon supporters. This is James. James is just like me also a big fan of Marvel, comics, but obviously also bags and everyday carry. Hello everyone, welcome to another Patreon-only podcast and I'm very honored to have as a guest one of the YKT originals with me, James. And yeah, thank you so much for joining this podcast and I'm pretty sure that many of the Patreons who always attend to the monthly meetups already know you, but maybe for all of the other people uh, who might not have been able to join the meetups yet, um, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Hello, everyone. I'm James. I'm always at the, well, not always. I only missed one of our meetups. Uh, I'm the guy who always has the... Uh, the different bags like it's like hey i'd like to try that bag well actually i had that bag before either that or every pouch and i have all the comic books and the star wars stuff in my screen so hopefully this will be a fun conversation for everybody as we walk through the world of comic books and bags <laughs> that was awesome unfortunately this is just an audio only podcast and no one sees the backdrop behind you you have like this awesome room with all of those collectibles and so many items that you and I probably could talk about like for days, um, be it science fiction. I'm not sure if you are also into fantasy, but I definitely know you're into science fiction and comic books. Um, but I don't see any fantasy stuff in the background as far as I can tell, right? The the only fantasy that I like is the is Berserk. Oh, I don't. I know like that. The Witcher too. Okay, cool. Um, Berserk is uh, unfortunately the uh, the artist uh, Kintar Miuria just died. He'd been drawing the series since 1988. Okay. Um, there's an anime from um, the 90s. There's a three movie series from the mid 2010s. In 2016, 2017, there was a um. A, an anime, a CG anime, the, I would recommend people to watch the anime just to see if it'd be something they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Not because the animation is good because they didn't decide to do CG until I think the series was almost due to the TV, uh, to the, uh, production studio. So some of the animation is really, really bad. Like <laughs> it's bad, but the story comes through. Okay. Uh, if you've ever seen, Anybody who's a Berserk fan will tell you, you know, everybody, people who saw and read the uh, 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 the Song of Fire and Ice Game of Thrones mm -hmm. always talk about the uh, the Red Wedding. Okay. The Red Wedding is it's... has nothing on the eclipse from Berserk. Oh, wow. I mean, the Red Wedding the was Red a shocker. Wedding... Definitely. Well, <laughs> the, the I, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. If you're watching it. <laughs> Or anything with the eclipse, like 
there's when the when the eclipse comes actually if you have netflix i think all three movies are on. i don't know if they're right, let me i've netflix read us has Bizarre. yeah netflix us has berserk the golden age there's three movies they do a good job of summing up the golden age arc of berserk which is like the the preamble to where the, how the universe got to be the way it is okay and you meet guts he's a uh a swordsman for hire he's his you know, big. I mean, they don't get into some of his his past that they do in the comic book. Like what they leave out in the series is, he was born. His mom was a thief and a prostitute, so she was hung, and she was nine months pregnant, and he was born like there wow. while she was hanging and dying. So he was scooped up by a band of marauders, and he was physically and mentally abused, and then eventually he becomes a swordsman. Now. The story starts. This sounds complicated, <laughs> but extremely interesting. But I think this is this already gives a lot of the people listening to this a little bit of a clue where this talk might go into. But before we, I really want to dive. I have one or two questions that dive into all of this. But I think before we go into the deep end of comics, superheroes, science fiction, fantasy, I want to start with a basic question, and I think I know it, but um, just to um, inform the other people, you are as well like I am in the media industry. So you're, I assume, or I, I know that you're already pretty accustomed to packing bags with camera gear and stuff like that. So you and I already have that kind of love of packing gear, right? But I would love to know how did you actually become a bag enthusiast? Because I, I feel like camera people or people in the media industry do like bags because they like their gear, but they're usually not that of bag enthusiasts like you and I are. So I would love to know where, when and how this love, enthusiasm for bags actually started. And with, uh, with what bag, basically? So this is going to go way back. Uh, <laughs> actually, I started getting into bags, sort of, I'd say, in the um, in seventh grade, which would be was 12th time. Mm -hmm. uh, I started at a brand new school. I was uh, my middle school was uh, it was a um, six year program where you actually finished your high school by the time you were a sophomore. So you could start taking college level courses. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the academics is the name of it. Um, is it uh, high school? Whitney Young is one of the best high schools. It still is in uh, Illinois here in the United States. Um, so Whitney Young is a three building school, and academic center. All the lockers are in one building. Uh, the the academic building. Most of our classes were in the arts and arts building because that's where they had space on the upper floor. They were classrooms for the academic center to kids and downstairs are like dance studios and everything else. Wow. Um, then there's the, the PE, the uh, PE building. We were in seventh grade. We were moving back and forth from classes, just like, um, just like uh, high school kids would. So I was in seventh grade. There's a, you're definitely afraid of getting detention. You know, like if you're mm -hmm. tardy, if you're tardy for class three times, yeah. you'd get detention. So, um, you tended to carry all of your books with you at the same time. 
and sounds heavy. The regular, yeah, you can like if you we had uh, eight periods. Each period's forty minutes plus your gym uniform. So you had, that's eight big thick textbooks. Wow. Plus your notebooks, plus your gym uniform yeah. or swimming gear if you had swimming. Uh, plus your pens and papers. And back in the uh, this is the late eighties. So that was also like you had to have your Walkman, in it, but if the teacher <laughs> saw your Walkman, they're taking it, and your Game Boy and everything. Um, Good times, you know the the rig- yeah exactly the regular <laughs> bags that you carry you carry they, like you'd rip the shoulder straps. Mm. So uh, my dad uh, was a uh, a law enforcement officer, and uh, also was in the army and everything too. So he took me to the army surplus store because I ripped the bag. And I got a uh, my first army gear, army rucksack. Oh, cool! And that allowed me to carry. I was carrying about twenty five or thirty pounds of books with me every day. Twenty five to, to thirty pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's I mean, a like, lot for a kid. Were, that's a lot. Yeah. I, yeah, I was I was twelve. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big kid, so it wasn't it was it wasn't so hard. Um, it's funny as we got older in school, you know you. Maybe you'd stop by your locker, but you were so deathly afraid. If I stop by my locker and drop off books, I'm going to be late for class. I'm going to get detention. Mm. So I'd be carrying around these these big, heavy bags. The army bag is the only one that didn't break. Then inside that bag went the other good thing. It was so big because it was what people would take out into the field. Yeah, sure. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, my comic books could slide in that bag, too. <laughs> so, you know, lunchtime or something else, I could read comics and graphic novels and trade with my friends. It's funny, my friends from high school are still my closest friends today, even though we've all gone in different directions and That's everything awesome. else. You know, now we trade uh, video games and, and complain about our kids. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like that's what got me into bags. College, I was more, uh, you know, I got a couple of Eddie Bauer bags. Uh, I don't know if you, that, that, Eddie Bauer that. any place but the US. No, I don't Eddie recall. Bauer is a, um, a, uh, an outfitter. Uh, it was bought by the Spiegel Corporation. At first, it was it was like a outdoors company, like you'd be familiar with, like Patagonia and stuff like that. Mm. Now, um, I still have pieces of, of my wardrobe that I wear that I got in college that still fit from Eddie Bauer. This is like the '90s mm. and are still still hold up today. That's how tough Eddie Bauer stuff used to be. Um, so it's know, not like Jansport or something. It's it's more durable than Jansport, basically. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eddie Bauer's, dur- like I have a friend who's a, uh, his wife is a zoologist and he's taken, he bought an Eddie Bauer bag off of me that I was, that I had uh, in the, about 2013 to 2014. That bag went around the world with him five times and he just had to retire it um, because he's a, he's an illustrator. So he'd go with mm-hmm. his wife, like he'd gone to Galapagos and would draw the oh, different cool. things that he saw kind of like, so Eddie Bauer does make good quality things, but you have to kind of pick and choose now because it's a mass market company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they have the the, the worldwide footprint that um, like uh, North Face does. Mm-hmm. So uh, then, you know, college had a couple of bags. Fast forward to 2000 and I saw for the very first time, there's two bags I saw for the first time. I was like, I got to have those. The first bag was the Bobblebee Megalopolis. We talked about that at one of our. Uh, is that the one from Fast and the Furious? I think it was in Fast and the Furious, or it's, it's been in a lot of movies. Okay, that's this uh, hot shell. Like, 
thing, right? That yes. a lot of snowboarders have and stuff. Yeah, that it has. Um, it's getting some attention again because lots of motorcycle riders are actually picking that back up again. So I've de I've definitely yeah, seen it again. That was my first expensive bag that I ever got mm. in 2000. It cost me $200. So now that'd probably be just, you know, right, right in line. What we pay for a bag now, $300 mm. yeah. or something like that. There's that bag and the bag that has eluded me since then. Uh, the Isaburo city one, two, three is made in Japan. Okay. It's a brand that doesn't exist anymore. It's made in Japan, handmade at a single shop. And it was 500 bucks. Wow. I couldn't swing the $500 for the bag back then, but it, it looked like a turtle shield that you'd wear on your back and it opened up and it had slots for I me mean, back then. Laptops are huge, but yeah. you know, you could put laptops and everything in there. Um, my bobble bee served me well. I'd carried that bobble bee for, uh, five or six years. It's on, uh, mounted on my wall in the other room, like the room that you guys cool. usually see yeah. here that has some of my collectibles. My more expensive collectibles are in a different room with the <laughs> my video game machines and everything. Um, but the Bobble Bee is on the wall there. I, I wore that until probably 2008, 2009 when the iPad came out. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want something smaller to carry to work because I don't always need to carry this big <laughs> Bobble Bee. And, and I was also traveling a little bit going to, um, I mean, I, I would carry, carry the Bobble Bee on an airplane. But... Um, 2009, 2010, I started doing different things and needed to be a little bit more, um, especially by the time I got, I started, I worked for the Lutheran Church for a period of time. By that time, I needed to be a lot more discreet going mm. in and out of places because we would be doing, um, shooting videos for, uh, uh, you know, we made people go into a, a poor part of the United States about here's a program where they funded a food truck and we're shooting the food truck as they're feeding the homeless and stuff like mm. that. You don't want to have big flashy bag with yeah, you. Yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. So I found Maxpedition as a brand like everybody did. That was mm. in the late, in the late aughts. That was everybody's introduction to, uh, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people's introduction to bags. Then I went from Maxpedition to five eleven, mm. and yeah. then, uh, then it was uh triple art design. Yeah, the Patrick Ma triple lot design. I remember that and time when lots of websites all had the Maxpedition, the 511, and yeah, there was a huge trend of people. That's basically how I got some attention to those bags as well from websites, blogs, and stuff like that. And you know, it's funny because once I got the Maxpedition bags, my dad, uh, at this point, he was retired. He was like, he he started buying the bags too, which started making. My mom was like, could you stop with your father buying the stuff? Because, you know, there's always a box here from Amazon. There's a little bit for his bag. Um, yeah, he, he passed away in uh, 2013. I still have his untouched, everything that was in his Maxpedition bag. I still have that. And that, wow. that, sticks, that stayed with my uh, bags and everything to this day. He would, uh, he was a sling bag type of guy, not a backpack type of guy. Oh. Um so, but he would, he would always carry his, and his iPad would go right in his little sling bag. So we both had, my mom would be like, oh, that's cute. You and your dad have matching bags. Except for yours is black and his is like olive drab green yeah. from the, for the army and everything. That's so amazing. That's that, kind of like my, that, that yeah, connects you to your bag. dad. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, okay. So 
so what what's your bag at the moment that that you enjoy the most because this this really sounds like so you're deeply rooted in those military types of bags what's what's your favorite bag at the moment then well it's funny i've drifted away from the military bags mm. not for any particular reason but because um i most of my media production stuff and everything now happens has happened in an office uh 2018 i had a uh bad accident mm. i think i've mentioned this before to people i've i uh broke my uh tibular plateau and that pretty much was the end of james field producer oh I so see. like running around and doing things so now i'm in an office all the time so my bag aesthetic has changed a bit mm. um so i mean and then on top of that let's layer on the uh, pandemic of course and there hasn't been a lot of going too much going out of the house same uh what are some, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you know i i've i've gotten some new bags and I'm waiting for people to, you know, enough people to get their shots where we can start to, you know, go to the zoo with the kids and take them different places or even um, going into work once or twice a week because I work mm -hmm. at home uh, now. Uh, but, you know, I'm a big fan of um, – I do – I know it's it's not – I want to say controversial bag, but the Axiom 24 mm -hmm. is a favorite of mine. Yeah, you mentioned – the V2, the V1. Mm -hmm. the v1 where you know in the v2 you have the uh, place where you could put a tablet or a uh, laptop yeah in the v1 that was a luggage pass through yeah and i can't tell you how many times i've unzipped one side forgot to unzip that side unzipped the other to put my laptop in at the end of the day <laughs> no. sling it around my back and see the laptop flying and then go diving ah. like a to have to catch it <laughs> so that's why i sold the v1 the v2 that has the separate sections it's a little harder to forget to zip it. yeah the the axiom you have to um with the axiom there's two different schools of thoughts to me when it comes to bags you either want gigantic holes to put things in mm -hmm. or you want organization mm -hmm. the axiom has both so you can make it work but the one thing you have to understand is to use all the pouches means that you're not going to get that 24 liters on the inside yes. of the bag because if you use the if you use the um the, the water bottle pocket, like I have water mm -hmm. bottle in one, I can put water bottle in one, umbrella in the other, but that means inside the bag, those two things have probably eaten up a good yeah. 10 liters of space. Agreed. So now I'm down to uh, 16. Mm -hmm. And people buy it. And sometimes I think too now, and, and this isn't, well, I, I'll get into that later. But <laughs> like the rake is another bag. That, oh, the rake I, is I, amazing. I, I love the rake. I, you know, the original rake with the load lifters, I, I've wanted to switch all my stuff over to VX, but the new rake doesn't have a uh, load lifter, so I will not. I can't. I need those to leave those load lifters. Um, the other stuff recently I bought, I bought um, Defy has a new yeah. sling out that has uh, a roll top with the um, Cobra buckles and everything. That's That's just a sling, and it's a good companion it's a different type of bag but you could actually in this sling carry up to a 15 inch laptop mm -hmm. now for you going into if you are if you're a portable media producer where you are and i mean like not like the people who think that they need because you know the folks who buy the laptops that have superpowers and everything mm -hmm. but they all they're doing is like typing on them and stuff like that if you like <laughs> need your laptop to, for to make your money 
that sling isn't going to, you're not going to be able to, unless you're just going to a client meeting, yeah. you're not going to be able to go like for you going someplace to, to, to cut a video, all the stuff you have to bring with you, that sling isn't going to get it. Messenger bags don't get it free period. But if yeah. you're like me, if, you know, if I'm going to work, I'm jumping on a train, I'm walking, you know, five, six blocks to office, mm-hmm. you know, zipping around and, you know, maybe after work, uh, Hey, I'm going to catch up with one of my friends. There's a bar down the street from work. I'll go have a drink or two. I'll be a little bit late. So, you know, getting, get going there and having a bag that's relatively discreet that doesn't mm-hmm. say, Hey, I might have something expensive in here. That's what I like about this. Uh, I think is it the menace. I don't know the name of the, fi- the bag, but it's a really nice sling. I also like their insidious sling too. That's a really sharp sling as well. They but have really good, cool uh, designs. They look really cool. I mean, I definitely want to check yeah, them out in the future. They are an urban brand, like the the the, the uh, patrons who are more outdoorsmen and stuff like this. this is, these are not the bags for you. Mm. Not that they couldn't hold up to the toughness, but they're not. You know, yeah. Just like um, there've been bag reviewers who look at like the um, the Prometheus Design Works uh, Shadow. I love that bag. If I'm going into the bush. Yeah. If I'm going into the office, so it's a bad bag. Mm. But people will will buy a bag because they think it looks cool and be like, "Well, this bag sucks because it's not good." But that's you have to. Bags have a purpose. And you have yeah. to pay attention to the purpose the bag is made. Agreed. And then you have to. Then you go. Yeah. I totally. think the one one space. If I can't, you know, sometimes I try to help people with is I've had so many different bags, and I have a very patient and understanding wife. Who's I'm saying that because she's going to listen. <laughs> uh, who's like. Is that another bag coming in here? Sometimes I buy, you know, sometimes she inherits bags like the um, uh, Mystery Ranch when they had their, uh, what's, what's the heritage line that Mystery Ranch had? Uh, uh, I haven't reviewed Clutterworks. Clutterworks, okay. They had the Clutterworks. They had the Clutterworks flip. My wife is like, oh, it's cute. It's like a little garbage can on your back. But <laughs> she carried that and it was cool. You know, she, her office downtown closed in 2017 and they have, She's been working from home since then. Mm-hmm. When she had to go to work, she had a Clutterworks flip because open it up, laptop, you know, her purse. And the, she's been carrying a sling for her purse since 2015, oh, that's you, cool. know, because, you know, from being downtown. Yeah. Because you'd see women on the you know, on the train and everything, and they'd have a backpack or, or a suitcase or, or a briefcase and a purse. And mm-hmm. she's like, that's too much if you're on the train. You yeah. know, it's too easy to leave something or for somebody to accidentally take something. Yeah. So, she had the idea then to dump, you know, I have like a little sling with her wallet and, you know, uh, earbuds or whatever else in there. Boop, there you go. Pull it out and she's ready to go. So um, the Clitterworks flip was another good looking bag and everything. But that's a but that one was weird because you could go between uh, urban and uh, rural with that. But I just lost the point that I was bringing up with the Clitterworks. <laughs> oh, the bag for the purpose. I think that's what it was. So I I can fall off a cliff with this stuff. Yeah, but I think many of the listeners now realize how much history you have, how much history and experience you have with bags. So now I really want to go a little bit with a question, a little bit into your hobby and into bags. So as mentioned in the introduction, um, you are a big comics fan. So what I would love to know from you, because you also have a huge knowledge about comics and movies especially, um, can you think of a bag in a comic or a movie that you would love to either have or that you found very memorable that 
stick in your head? It's easy. There's two of them. Oh, of okay. You have to go for uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones's gas mask bag. Of course. Uh, you know, I, I forgot that was, about that. It was, but it's a satchel, yeah, right? You call it? Would you call it actually a bag? It's a it's a satchel. Well, it's right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, it was a gas mask bag for in the in the in the uh, 30s and 40s. But it's you know uh, the closest I've ever found to that was a. Uh, Combat flip flops made a, a claymore bag that was wax canvas. Okay. And it was the cool thing about it is you could about that bag is if you're going to the shopping mall or something like that, mm -hmm. you could throw that on under a jacket or under just like Indiana Jones did under a jacket, under a hooded sweatshirt or something. And the bag is here. Nobody can get to the strap, mm -hmm. but you have access to everything on your hip. The only problem is you can't overload it because then you get, you know, you get yeah. to the side. Man, so I totally, one. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah, let, let's go to the second one and then talk about those bags. Number two, uh, they've made horrible copies of it, and it's just ugly. Uh, the copies, but I would love a very well made. Uh, I, I would love Star Lord's satchel from the very first Guardians of the Galaxy, his sling bag. Oh, yeah, that one was also cool. It's strange now that somebody you, made that by hand. I totally forgot about both bags. To be quite honest, I I watched Indiana Jones so many times, and Guardians of the Galaxy was actually the movie that hooked my wife into Marvel watching Marvel movies. So I rewatched both franchises so many times but i always forget about those bags okay let's talk a little bit about those bags starting with the indiana jones bag and now that i think about it i, I totally forgot about it because it works so well into into his whole appearance and l outfit right but is it actually useful i mean everything Whenever he's running, that thing must like hit his knees all the time or bump against his hips the whole time. Or what do you think? I mean, when it's empty, I, it wouldn't. I would, I would think that, I think the problem is, and this kind of gets into stuff, when you carry things, and I'm guilty of this, um, the bigger the bag you get, the more you put into it, the more sure. useless stuff you put yeah. into it. What, what do you need to carry? For Indiana Jones, like the, the one time we saw him, you know, maybe he had some sand. He had a few extra bullets for his gun. You know, maybe he carried a little a towel or something like that. Yeah. I don't imagine Indiana Jones carried very much because he's traveling light, going through jungles, jumping through stuff, falling out of airplanes. <laughs> you know, he's not going to have he's not going to have like uh, this thing would be like his MacGyver bag where he reaches into it. Mm. He probably doesn't even have a. Um, It's funny. That's one of the reasons I stopped carrying a multi-tool because multi-tools, so I love them. Right? But if I don't, if I don't know that I'm going to need it every day, it's a lot of bulk. So that's mm -hmm. why I got that the Leatherman tread. There's no no bulk to it except yeah. for if I put it on now with the pandemic, I'm not used to wearing it. So my arm's like, oh, this is heavy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not used to it. <laughs> you're not used to it, but um, but yeah, I mean, like if if you think like an Indiana Jones and you just slim everything down, yeah. you get it distill it down to what you need and you carry that with you then you're okay you know it's when you start throwing the extra stuff in there like you know i like um do i need a blowout first aid kit if i'm just going to the mall mm. probably not 
don't carry that. Maybe a boo-boo kit, like here's some band-aids or something. Or I have allergies. Let me carry some some Zyrtec D and uh, mm. you know, or something like that with me. Let's so it's just quickly demanding. recall so, yeah. that back. So it's 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 like a wax it's kind of like a wax canvas satchel maybe 12 liters or something right or is it a leather bag i can't remember no it, it was can it was just straight canvas the one yeah. i found that was like it was wax canvas mm -hmm. of straight canvas it was probably um yeah i i, I would say maybe as little as uh eight liters eight liters okay so it can't you know it was it was a gas mask bag mm. so it didn't carry a lot, but it, you know, it carried enough mm -hmm. before, you know, you, that would be what your gas bag was gas mask was in. So he took out the gas mask and put in the stuff he needed. Yeah. So he couldn't carry a lot. So, you know, six to eight liters is about like, like a sling mm -hmm. you overload a sling. Then, you know, you're, you're in for a day of pain. If you're like going to the zoo or you're going out sure. running errands and you're not going, you're not in a car, you're on a bike or, or a motorcycle or something or, or mm -hmm. public transportation. So I, you know, if you boil, if he had to boil his uh, his carry down to the essence of what did he need, you know, what was what what he needed bullets, mm. definitely. He probably needed a few, ba maybe not band aids. Maybe he carried uh, something like that satchel, the, the the bag that he put the sand in in mm. the first Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. But the you bag know, was always open, like right? There's no closure. It was just like like a flap down. No, it closes. It closes. Is okay. it, there's a flap. Yeah, I think there's it's a, just a it, flap, right? In the, it's snapped. Oh, so okay. he also had to make sure that you know um, he probably hit because I think those old bags you could secure them. I mean, maybe you could secure stuff inside. I know they've made modern versions with uh, Molly mm -hmm. on the inside, so you could at least. But the problem is, if you start adding Molly, Molly um, pouches on the inside each pouch has its own weight. So that yeah. starts to, you know, eat into everything, but you know, maybe a little bit of it is movie magic, where it's like the <laughs> bag holding where you can just, it didn't weigh anything, but in yeah. the real world, you'd probably want to limit what you carry in there. And it would be essential, but non-essential stuff. Mm. The essential stuff he'd have to carry on his body. Maybe he'd carry extra, like I said, bullets, or maybe he had, you know, sand or bags or, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah, I always now that I think about it, I mean the the most problematic thing about that bag would for me at least be A that it doesn't really close, so I would be afraid that whenever I'm running something could potentially fall out. And B, whenever I am I would be running, that bag would flop around like crazy, what, which you can see in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he runs towards the, in the first act or in the first scene when he runs towards the plane. It, I mean, it, but it didn't seem to bother him. So, yeah. So let's go to the second bag then, Star-Lord. I mean, I only remember the bag because he removes this magnetic thing in the first scene, but I can't recall him using the sling bag in other scenes of the movie. I don't think he used it too much in the film. He may have gone into it once or twice, but mm. if you look at the pictures and there's actually people who watched the movie and made like for cosplayers, they made a, a sewing. Uh, I don't know what the, the sewing plans are called, like sewing, a sewing map. So you could actually, if you had the pieces, you could build one. There's actually a uh, um, 
uh, stabilizer strap on the bag. Oh, yeah. So it was made to, to run. It kind of, it holds your, it was made to sit in the small of your back, but mm. come around the front. So if you loaded it, it would kind of hug your body. Um, so if you think about it, it's more like a more modern version. You know, Indiana Jones's bag was like the 1940s version. Like the Star-Lord bag is the, the 20 yeah. whatever version of that same type of thing. I just Googled it. It's yes. not interesting. Yeah, it's not like a, a backpack that even a, a backpack with a stabilizer strap. If you're really on the move, that backpack, unless even unless you have the, the hip mm. the hip belt and you dial it in, that backpack is going to move with you. But somebody like Star Lord is not carrying a whole bunch of necessary stuff. He's just trying to get to his his spaceship and uh, and and get out of there. Mm. You know. Um, so I just I wish that there's not a big enough market for. The company would have to approach Disney and say, um, hey, Disney, we want to make this bag. Disney would be like, cool, you got the money? You know, as long as we get our cut, you can make the bag. But they'd have to be a company that would be willing to do that, to be able to make a licensed version of that bag. But I would love a licensed version of Star Wars. Yeah. So now that we, that you oh, mentioned. Oh, I forgot something. Yeah, sure. Here's something for your wife. This is a. Uh, My uh, my friends is the uh, editor in chief of Marvel Comics. Oh wow! So he actually, yeah. I mean, we've known each other. We both. I, I started doing anime conventions. He worked for an anime. You know, I worked for an anime company, going and touring anime conventions. And he was working at an anime company back in the late eight, late nineties. So we've been friends. You know, as mm -hmm. he has worked his way up uh, the ladder. That's awesome. He actually told us uh, that the music from uh, Guardians was intentional to get the moms into the theaters because <laughs> he's, he said the, you know, they were doing it. He was telling us, he was like, you know, the, the, the action and everything. We figured that the, the, you know, the dads and the, and the kids would be like, yeah, let's go see it. But mom would be like, here's a talking raccoon and a green guy. I don't know if this is, Oh, Hey, the music is pretty good. Let's go. You know, the music <laughs> kind of would hook, hook the moms. And I was like, God, that's genius. That's really so cool. If, if ask your wife and then tell her that, They should be like, I'm off the, I'm off the Marvel movies now. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you. Advertisement. <laughs> It's so cool that she and I can watch all of these movies, and she really enjoys them. So, um, I applaud Marvel. I do realize that there were a lot of um, women watching and reading comics in the past, but I feel like Marvel actually broadened the demographic even further with. Yeah, with all of the movies, which is amazing. It's funny. the If you look at overall, there are more, even if you talk about comic books, I mean, com, there are more women reading comics now than there used to be mm. because comic book stores used to be like comic book guy and, and, and from The Simpsons. Mm. He's not too far off of what it used to be. But in the, you know, you started to get more and more women interested in comics. They started coming in as teenagers Uh, through Japanese comic books mm. because Japanese comic books weren't all cape and cowl. You know, like there's well, Prince of Tennis is one of the hot, was one of the hottest books. It's about a guy playing tennis. <laughs> you know, there's different, you know, there's, there's romance, you know, the shoujo books, there's like, you know, love story books. There's just mm. books about slice of life books, just like there's stuff like Berserk and, yeah. and Blade of the Immortal is another thing that's a favorite of mine. So their books tended to cover the whole spectrum. Mm. That's not to say every woman came in through that way, but that was a, that threw a big door open mm. into 
you know, comic books and everything else. Um, cause I remember when I first started, uh, doing comic book conventions, you know, as a, and, and being paid to go to them, they were mostly men, you know, mm-hmm. um, you'd see dads with their kids. Yeah. You may see, you know, a few girls here and there, but they were usually either with a boyfriend and looked bored or they were, um, they, uh, you know, they were moms with their kids, but then gradually since like the early two thousands, yes. started seeing more and more women. And that's really, that's, that's, that's really cool. It's funny. My wife never read a comic book before we started dating. Um, and her favorite character because of me, because that's what she started reading was the Punisher. And she liked Garth Ennis, the writer, one of the writers, guys who reinvigorated the Punisher in the two thousands. I, I was able to, I carry he had, I have a couple of omnibuses from him. I went to San Diego Comic Con back in twenty thirteen. Each omnibus is about twenty pounds. I had four omnibuses and a couple of other things he wrote. Like he wrote the preacher, he created the preacher, co created that, he co created the boys. I'm not a big fan of the TV shows, but we're not gonna get into why I'm <laughs> uh, but I love the comic books. And I I brought all my omnibuses with me and he was like, You dragged all of these twenty or thirty pound hardcover novels to San Diego. Okay, well let me Make make sure this is a good signature. I was like, just put them to James. I'm never gonna sell them. They're just going from your hands back in the bag up on my shelf. That's my wife awesome. is like, you know, I never read comic. She's like, I never read comic books before I read your stuff. And I read your stuff. And it's like, boy, this is great. It's really messed up. I know comic books can be messed up. So, but she tends to be more of a. Now that she reads comics, or when she reads comic books, she tends to be more of like Scott Pilgrim, Walking Dead, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The Marvel characters, she's never seen them. And people usually assume because we're dating, you know, we were dating and now we're married. Oh, you know, she knows about all these characters. She's like, that's nice that they think that. I don't know any of these <laughs> <laughs> these these characters, except for what I see in the movie. It, it, another funny story about my wife. Uh, I, you know, Brian Azzarello, who's a comic book writer, is an acquaintance of mine. And cool. he, it's funny, he would crack up laughing. He liked being around because my wife, didn't know that he's this, you know, like he's written a lot of like big Batman stories and stuff like that. Uh, wow. he, he likes beer, so we'll drink sometimes. So he's written all these Batman comic books. She doesn't know who he is from Adam, and she's sitting there just insulting him constantly. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, like they're going back and forth talking, and he's just cracking up laughing. He's like, you know, because he's not. You know, it's funny. The nice thing is, if you know people in comics, you, the people behind the comic books, they don't want you to treat them. Mm-hmm. The good people don't want you to treat them like anything. They just want to. Be just normal. like anybody else does, you want to yeah. go down to the pub, grab a couple pints, BS, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and, and, and just uh, enjoy themselves. So it's 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 funny if you ever get to meet your, you can usually tell how if you love comics, you tell how good your favorite comic book creator is. If that's you know, yeah, that's what they're interested in doing. Speaking if of, if they're all about the other stuff. Speaking of favorite, what's your favorite superhero? That's a hard question to answer. <laughs> okay, top three, top five, maybe. As a kid, my I'll do this. As a kid, my favorites were Batman and Spider Man. Same. As a teenager, we'll go over to Wolverine and the Punisher. Uh, so I think we have a similar uh, history. Yeah. As a uh, young, I want to say young adult. It's like a. In my 20s, uh, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in my 30s and 40s, it is 
uh, Guts from Berserk. Okay. Kinshiro from Fist and Kinshiro from Fist of the North Star and uh, Manji from Blade of the Immortal. Holy crap! How long haven't I heard about Fist of the North Star? <laughs> well, I was like 16. Fist of the North Star. There was um. I'm not sure what the English word is, but it was R-rated, but R-rated under the table. So you weren't allowed to get Fist of the North Star to rent it from a movie unless you are like specifically asking for that movie and you are over 18. So for us being 16, that was like, oh, did you did you actually watch Fist of the North Star? <laughs> did you get the movie and stuff like that? So that was like like this huge legend of anyone who was able to actually watch Fist of the North Star. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a long time ago. It, that's the only comic book or manga property that I watch or or anything. But you know, usually, especially now, you know, two kids, my wife and I don't have too much time after you know, like. They go to bed at seven o'clock at night and we usually are up till I pass out at about nine thirty, ten o'clock because I'm the first one up with them when they start waking up at five thirty six in the morning. Um, so if I, you know, sometimes like we'll trade off. She wants to watch a TV show. We'll do that. I watch a TV show or catch up on something. We'll do that. You know, sometimes I play video games, but the only video, the only comic book, really anything that my wife will not watch is Fist of the North Star. <laughs> She's like, it's so long, like, because I watched the TV show, and the TV show is like 155 episodes. There's a TV show? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It, it started off as a comic book. The TV show is, uh, is yeah, the mo- like, the movie is only the first, they took the first 50 episodes of the original, the first season of the TV show, and compressed it, and made the movie. Oh, That's only the first half of the story. I didn't know that. It gets, okay. It gets, yeah, so she's just like. You know, out of all the stuff, like we watched Berserk, she's like, this is messed up, but I can watch this. Mm. We've watched Blade of the Immortal had a new series at Amazon bought. She's like, that's pretty good. I, you know, I, it's depressing. I watched that. Um, <laughs> Gundam, she's like, it's too much of it, but I, I would, you know, this isn't, this isn't bad. I see why you like it. Mm. Uh, Fist of the North Star, she's like, would he stop? She's like, that's on my nerves. I can't watch that. So. I know what she's talking about. I'm trying to teach my one-year-old I'm trying to teach my one-year-old to do that secretly, <laughs> so that he just go because he likes to squeal already. I'm like, he he he'll go. I'm like, okay, go. Your mom will love it. She won't love it. I'll get in trouble. Don't forget, she's going to listen to this podcast. Now your secret. Oh, I know. Let's give him away. We'll see now. She'll. Yeah, I know, but that's okay. She she'll forget. And then, you know, I'll get her. <laughs> so my next question is leads into your, no, I'm not going to. So you had a couple of, you mentioned a couple of favorites of superheroes in your, in your past. So what do you think um, would one of those superheroes EDC be? Or could you think of one specific item the a superhero would always carry or w- you would like to have can you remember one item i mean it's it's pretty not not a weapon so basically like the anti-shark spray from batman stuff like that so an edc item can you think of something and if is there some uh, one edc item that you would like to have on you well it's funny because Bo, you and I have a superhero EDC item right now. 
in the comic books, the Punisher carries a GR1. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, now. No, you, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That's true. But that's not an easy so, item. That's back. That's, <laughs> that's too easy, then. <laughs> as Punisher I was going to say, awesome. so if, if I had to pick something, it would be... Um, uh, I'm looking on my wall. I have G.I. Joe figures. I'm like, what would... It had to be something based in the real world. What would I carry? Sometimes no, it doesn't have to be based in the real world. It can be something fictional as well. It doesn't have to be realistic. Well, I would love to have one of the boom cubes from the uh, that the new gods have in DC Comics that they can use to teleport. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, teleporter. That, that know, would be they, awesome. But those are big, right? I love. No, it's like a little cubic. Oh, really? They hold in their hand. Oh, they okay. This thing, and they just walk through it, and they pop up. I love to travel. I hate the act of traveling. Mm. And I've, I've, I'm lucky enough to have friends all over the United States. Like I haven't, I have to go visit my friend Brian, in um, in LA. Um, I'm not looking forward to the four hour flight with, because uh, Brian, you know, Brian is he's worked for um, he's got he works for a um, animation company. He worked on the Star Wars films. He's worked on oh, wow. Uh, done, special effects on some of the earlier Marvel films. So I want to go visit him and his, his uh, girlfriend, Lily, you know, as soon as this all gets better, but I don't want to have to go through flying with, yeah. With a the mask. Three -year -old and -year -old. Yeah. No, the man, no, like, like, boom, there you go. Now we just pop up and we're in LA. You know, I, yeah. I have a bunch of friends in New York city. Same thing. Let's, let's go to New York city. I'd love to be able to boom cube to, you know, go to journey. We could go have a pint. Oh, that would be go awesome. Japan. <laughs> Buy a whole bunch of toys. That's that would be the most useful thing. Would be the the boom the boom cube, the you know the new god's head. They just walk through and teleport to place. That's awesome. But honestly, after having watched the fly so many times, I would be scared to boom oh. to teleport some to a, a space <laughs> where there's some insect or whatever, and then I have would be morphed into that. Would my luck would be probably an earthworm. Or something like that, or a grasshopper. <laughs> then I would transform into a grasshopper. <laughs> Forgot about the fly. Got, yeah, for, yeah, that creepy from the eighties. Yeah, that was that was a really creepy, but a good movie. I really liked it. I was creeped out by it, especially that one scene where he's like hanging in the corner of the room at the ceiling. That was that was really scary and pretty good for for a you know, movie. An old movie like that, all practical, um, just like mm -hmm. the thing. Good times. And so good. It's an amazing movie. I'm not sure if it would hold up now, actually, now that I think of it. I think the last time I watched it, it was like 10 years ago. I'm not sure if I could rewatch that nowadays. You know, I, I was just watching one of my favorite old Jackie Chan movies right before uh, we started doing this podcast, and... Uh, City Hunter, which is a lesser-known yeah. Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. It, you know, of course, it's based on a comic book, too. I'm <laughs> watching it, and I'm, I, I'm saying to my wife, I'm like, I like this movie, but oh my god, uh, some of the stuff they say and do in this film, you could not do. Because, mm. you know, his character is like a, it's supposed to be a lady killer. And he's asking <laughs> the ladies, you know, what, oh, what kind of skin cream do you, do you use? And stuff like that. It's like, yeah, no, that would be totally creepy. Yeah. And he'd be thrown out of, yeah, so... Maybe it'll be okay. I mean, you know, the action is good. It's like an old Buster Keaton film. Maybe the fly still 
some of the old movies still hold up. Yeah. And you can get my niece is 24 now. We watched uh, Silence of the Lambs and I was trying to tell oh, her. Wow. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. She was like 14 or 15 at the time. Oh, this looks so stupid. Who cares about some lambs? We watched the movie. And at the end, she was like, oh, my God. She was like breathing all heavy and everything. <laughs> one part, because where I live and uh, a couple other guys live, the south part of Chicago, one of the houses that um, they go to find Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Bill at, mm-hmm. like you see on the screen. Yeah, it says on the screen, it says Calumet City, Illinois. That's one of the southern suburbs of Chicago. And I, when I saw Science of the Lambs, I was at the theater in Calumet City. And the entire audience was like, <laughs> <gasps> like they all gasped. So I was like, oh, oh that's a serial killer here. But <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, a good I mean, like, movie. Yeah. I, that holds still holds up. It's yeah. funny looking at stuff. It's like, well, why don't you just use a cell? Oh, wait, they didn't have cell phones then. Yeah. You have to explain to kids sometimes we didn't have cell phones in the 80s mm. or we had pagers. And if you look at the cell phones, they're really big bricks, yeah. but you know. I mean, Seven also holds up, still holds up very well. Uh, all movies that don't have any special effects to them and have a good story usually hold up pretty well. But if you watch like, I don't know, episode one, for instance, or any other movie with with some CGI in it, um, most of them have really trouble holding up i mean the only movies that i definitely know that do hold up the test of time are jurassic park terminator 2 aliens um which movie also has cgi in it and i mean movies like the thing with kurt russell also holds up because it's all practical the abyss is i don't know it doesn't hold up the water i'm not sure it is. It it's was okay. good. It's not like, <clears throat> I mean, even with episode one, the only things that kind of stand, Jar Jar isn't even that bad nowadays. I mean, like if you watch it, it's just like watching. It's funny. I can't, and this is like blasphemous. If I watch the Yoda puppet from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and those are the Star Wars movies I grew up with, mm. they're funny. Yeah. Because I'm like, God, you know, that's a puppet. Yeah. But I still think the story in those movies Holds up. Definitely. I'll even argue anybody down about because I know a lot of older Star Wars fans hate Episode One and hate um, Jar Jar in particular, but the prequels actually are what yielded a lot of the TV shows and the storytelling we have now. Mm. And I'll tell you why. If you think about it, go back to you know like every time up until the prequels came out in the movies and everything else. Whenever there is a a movie. Each, even if it was part of a series, each individual movie was treated as if it was its its own movie. Mm. Like, even though the characters are connected, each story was kind of self-contained. Yeah. Even through the original Star Wars films, each one of the three movies was its own self-contained uh, story. Yes. Now, number one, the, uh, episode one it was the first time anybody ever made a movie that was entirely exposition. Because <laughs> all it is, I mean, all it is is this person goes and meets that guy. That guy goes and meets that guy. That guy goes and meets that guy. Then there's a fight, and then right, we think it's, something else is going to happen. It's the end. Yeah. No, and it's funny because the uh, Phantom, the, the 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 Attack of the Clones is the same way. <laughs> Those two movies are all exposition. Nothing else happens. 
So as films, as self-contained films, which is what we were, were used to watching up to that point, they are not good. Mm. But as a chapter of a story, they hold up. That's an interesting uh, viewpoint. I have a similar, a similar viewpoint to Matrix 2 and 3. I think I, I hated both movies, right? I hated Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 because, as you mentioned, looking at those movies singularly, um, they don't, for me at least, I was really disappointed when I was in the movies. But once I watched both movies back to back at home when they were released on DVD, I actually thought, okay, this is not as bad as I remember them to be individually when I was at the movies. So now that you say it about episode two, uh, one, two, and three, maybe I should watch them back to back. I've never done that before, to be honest. Episode three is the only one that anything happens in. Mm. And it's funny, if you watch it, if you look at the Star Wars landscape the way it is now, and even when they made the Clone Wars cartoon, George Lucas said, I made a mistake by not doing more about the Clone Wars. Mm. If you go in and you watch episode one, episode two, then you watch the Clone Wars up until the last four episodes. And you stop, watch episode three, then watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars, then start the Bad Batch. It's one long, continuous narrative, and it makes sense. So We didn't know that in 1999. Can you repeat that? Now, so episode one and episode two. two. And then Clone Wars and one through four? The Clone Wars TV show up to the last four episodes. Oh, okay. Because the last four episodes of the Clone Wars happen concurrently with the Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And then episode three. Like, literally, it's like, okay. hey, where's Anakin going? He's going to go help. He and Obi-Wan are going to go help the the the, the, the Chancellor because he got kidnapped. So they got to go over here. So they literally talk about that in the show. Oh. Then the first episode of the Bad Batch, that which is the new Star Wars show, starts during Order 66. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the and first episode. Yeah. So it's, um, if you watch them as, if you watch them all, it's one long continuity. Mm-hmm. Like that's the type of thing. Like, you know, those are people will roll their eyes and stuff like that, but that it was 20 years ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing that we get from, we're looking at it with the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Star Wars did it first with their stuff. You know, now you have the different TV the movies and the TV shows. Sure. I've not seen the TV shows. I told you I was going to wait till now to talk about the TV shows. <laughs> I'll tell you why I haven't watched the TV shows. You know, Marvel became Marvel. You know, they were in the in the late 90s. Everybody, I don't know if everybody knows the story. Marvel was bankrupt. In order to make money, they sold off all their characters yeah. that were worth anything. Mm-hmm. So they were left with their C-list people like Captain America, like yeah. Iron Man, like the Avengers that nobody wanted. Mm-hmm. So they were able to take those characters and pair them with creators and make great stories. For the most part. Yeah. I've still never seen any Ant-Man movie. I refuse to because Ant-Man's not interesting to me. I will not see an, a, a uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange movie because I literally hate the Doctor Strange character with every fiber of my being. But that's okay. <laughs> so now we're getting into the movies. I mean, the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And we got WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, now Loki. Mm-hmm. 
I never cared about Thor in the comic books until they put him in the movies. Yeah. I don't care about Loki. So I have no interest in the Loki TV show. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, the Fal- it's like, why am I watching a show about sidekicks? <laughs> I don't want to watch that. I mean, this is, and this is me. And this is not for other people who you're invested through the show. Yeah. This is a person. I started reading Marvel comics when I was like, uh, in 1981, when I was like five or six years old. I can't remember how old I was. I started reading Marvel comics then. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are characters I never, I didn't care about back then. Wanda and Vision. My question is, where is, is there is Wonder Man in it? Then I don't care. And everybody else is like, who's Wonder Man? I'm like, exactly. That's my problem. <laughs> you don't know. You can't tell a story of Wanda and Vision, the one that I like, without Wonder Man. If you put Wonder Man out, Wonder Man is a uh, was a another wealthy industrialist like Tony Stark. Got uh, inundated with ion energy. He they thought he died because he was he turned into a villain. They thought he died. He actually didn't. He went into a slumber. He came back. Now he's got these ionic powers and he's super strong and everything else. Uh, he becomes um, he becomes a, a, a stuntman in Hollywood instead of going back to be an industrialist. And at the same time, when Ultron came around, when he created the Vision, Vision's initial brain patterns and everything else were based off of Simon Williams' Wonder Man's. So when Wanda falls in love with Wonder with the Vision, actually she's kind of falling in love with Wonder Man, but then. She's crazy. So there you go. That's so, so that Wonder Man in the whole thing. That's so I'm amazing. Like, I always can listen. I mean, um, whenever you're talking about that in our Discord meetups, um, I'm so amazed about all of the background stories that you know. And I'm really want to start reading um, comic books. And for, but for that, I need to actually buy a tablet. So I want to go into into buying digit digitally i would love to have hot hardcover stuff or printed paper but i already have so many bags that take up so much space <laughs> at home so i need i need that digitally if you have space i mean like i sold all, most of my floppies that's what they call the regular individual issues yeah if you think about it i I've, I've been buying comic books monthly since 1982 wow. and i stopped in 20 13. So my space down here, where you see all the, the collectibles back here. Yeah. This was filled with comic books. Oh, wow. I kept, I kept key issues and sold the rest of the floppies. Like I have Venom's first appearance. I have, you know, stuff, you know, things that happened and the, the issues may not be in the best condition because I was, you know, reading, reading them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everything, but, but they mean something to me. And if the kids in, in, when I'm gone, want to take them and sell them, it's fine. Mm. But um, when I can, I do replace, I have replaced most of my floppies with uh, digital comics. But, I, you know, one thing, I, I don't ever want to be that gatekeeper fan who's been reading for so long and who's like, my knowledge is superior. I'll always say, this is not for me. Like, when I alluded to The Boys, a lot of people love The Boys. Mm. The Boys is one of my favorite comic books. When they didn't give The Boys, and this isn't a spoiler, really, in the comic books, the boys have superpowers. In the TV show, they don't. Mm, okay, that's a big that's a big different, big enough difference in everything. That and something else that would, could be a spoiler that I won't give away. They changed that, and I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. In this, the preacher was another one of my favorites. I love Garth Ennis. 
they changed that a lot from the comics. I so, didn't know the preacher was like a, a comic. Of, I didn't know that. The preacher TV show is like the kindergarten version of the comic book. Oh, okay. The comic book is one of the most messed up things you will ever read, <laughs> but it's awesome. Okay. But I don't know. I don't want to be that gatekeeper guy who's like, well, you know, actually, because I read the comic book, I'm superior. It's like, no, no, no that's not for me because mm-hmm. I know that the TV show is for people who just found it. I started, I was reading the preacher comic back in 19, when it first started coming out in 1997, when um, the boys first came out on comic books, DC published it. DC eventually said, no, we can't have this on our label because this is too nasty and kicked it off on their label Wildstorm. So then, you know, like the TV show does not go as far as the comic book did. And the it did because the Garth Ennis who created the boys, he hates superheroes. And mm. he wondered what would superheroes be like in the real world? They get into some of the depravity, but they're really messed up in the comic book. And they don't, they're not nearly as messed. They're more violent, depraved in the TV show, not just like, oh, superheroes be like that. That's messed up the way they are in the comic book. Oh, I really, so, I like the the, um, the TV series. I'm looking forward to the next season, but I'm actually very interested in reading uh, the comics as well. So before we end the podcast, can you give me some pointers or some recommendations on um, what platform I should go to if I want to start reading comics. I know of comic comic solo comicology. Comicsology. Yeah, is that is that good? Would you recommend um, going in there, doing like a monthly it's funny, sub- subscription or something? Reading comic books, it's like a uh, a rabbit hole you fall down. Okay. Because some some uh, individual creators actually make DRM free books available. Mm-hmm. So even if you get a tablet, you need to be uh, something that besides Kindle to read Comixology stuff. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about Comixology is most of the comic books that come out every month, um, their graphic novels and everything exist on Comixology, and there are enough. There are a lot of sales. The only thing is, you can't. There's DRM on it, so you can't view it the way that you want to. If that matters mm-hmm. to you, then you need to, you know. But um, if you're looking to get in graphic novels and everything. There are different, um, there's a lot of different uh, stuff. Sometimes it's worth it to get into the actual floppies because sometimes with the floppies you get uh, different covers. Yeah, they're hard to uh, get in Germany, unfortunately, or you have to pay lots of import fees or stuff like that. Oh, so that, that's, that's also my, an issue. I was gonna say, my, one of my closest friends, actually, one of my best friends, is uh, a cover co- artist for Marvel. So he actually lives like 10 minutes down the street. So he's usually over here. We're playing like, uh, cause I have our, you know, we're playing like a uh, rampage and stuff like that when he needs to jumpstart his memory or we just are having a couple of beers during the pandemic. Cause he stayed away from people. Yeah. Drew, he could come over and we would, you know, my, I've converted the other part of my, my basement also is an arcade and a bar. That's awesome. Video game paradise. But <clears throat> you know, If you're not, I mean, sometimes I think they'll copy the covers and make them available as, as things you can, but it's not the same as having a cover. Comicsology is probably the best place to start. Okay. If you find, if you find different creators, you can branch out. Um, one of the things I would always tell people to do is to go to, go to uh, when we can go out again, go to a comic book convention. Mm. 
which but, we but don't have in Germany, problem. unfortunately. You, that's, I thought there is a comic book convention there. Mm, too. I, we have like game games convention. We have this big games convention, but we don't have. Gamescon is there. Yeah, exactly. Gamescon is in Germany, but I'm not aware of a bigger comic convention. Unfortunately, maybe there is. There has been one or two, but probably has been squashed since the pandemic and i'm not sure yeah, if it's ever, ever say, going to start up again in germany i i think they will every every country that the that the your the patrons are from has a comic book convention in them if they're interested in getting started mm-hmm. once we can come back just anybody all anybody has to do is let me know i'll even tell you some creators to go up and harass um but I was, the thing about that is going and just walking around and doing not more than just Marvel and DC because Marvel and DC are putting out some good stuff now, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of good books that are not like the Marvel and the DC. They're the independent books, yeah. And those are the ones that need your support. You're just like independent films. Those are the ones that need your support um, because they're literally a living hand to mouth. Like Marvel and DC, they got to produce, mm. but you know they got they got that Warner Brothers and Disney, sure. movie, so they ain't got to worry about nothing. But, you know, there's um, if you're looking for something to get into, I know you've Batman. I've given you a few recommendations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want um, to go into Nightwing. Um, and I'll I- give you something different to get into. OK. Do you like samurai uh, movies? Yes. You mean the new one Wait, from Keanu Reeves? No, 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 no. Any samurai, you like samurai films or samurai movies? Yeah, period? yeah, I do. Like samurai stories. Yes. Yeah. OK. Blade of the Immortal. Blade, Blade, of, uh, Blade of the Immortal. Sometimes it goes on sale on Comixology where you can get the, the, the back issues. They're cheap. It's about 30 graphic novels. Okay. It's a long story, but it is really, 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 really good. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for another one, uh, Saga, science fiction story. Really, 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 really good. Okay. Um, those are two... Though they're they're long enough that that should get you, a fist of the North Star comic book is on Comicsology too. If you're looking for that. Okay, sounds good. But, I did, I wasn't aware I mean, that it's a longer comic. I thought it was just this one movie. It, oh no, you can't see it, but over my shoulder here <laughs> are all the major characters from the Fist of the North Star series one and two on two different shelves. Oh wow! So. I you know I love Fist. If you have you have a PlayStation, yeah, I have the PlayStation Four still. Okay, still, there's a video game called Fist of the North Star: Lost Paradise. Okay. It has, it's the uh, it has pretty much everybody from the, from the manga and the people who you may not have run you didn't run into watching the movie, are in the book like Salver and I think Judah's in it. I don't think food on the mountain is, but like, there's like, seriously, there's all these characters and all these stories that you, if you've just seen the movie that you've never, it's like, I didn't know Fist of the North Star was like that. It, it gets really like, it gets crazy, crazy. Like Uyghur, the, 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 the slave master with the horns on his helmet that he pulls out and whips and he's just whipping the crap out of people. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Um, I'm definitely yeah, going to check that out. I'm really, well, look, I, do want to get into comic books, especially during these times. I think comic books are a great way to escape a little bit. 
for me at least. So. It's, it's an underrated hard art form where like yeah. to draw the same thing the same way panel after panel takes yeah. a lot of skill. I can imagine, definitely. So James, I would love to talk more. We definitely should do this again and maybe talk a little bit about movies in the future. I actually was um, thinking about doing a little bit more of movie talks in the future. So I would love to have you then again as a guest. Um, thank you so much for joining me uh, on this podcast. And yeah, maybe I'm not sure. Do you, do you have like an social media account that you want to plug or anything <laughs> i'm not sure my are social you, media accounts are, are you on social media I'm i am sure. on social media <laughs> i have the weirdest so my instagram is uh I, it's not worth plugging it's the weirdest <laughs> instagram in the world because it's a whole bunch of like i purposely made it weird where i take pictures of office supplies and put it on there uh <laughs> sounds interesting my face and I haven't, I haven't updated it since Easter when I took pictures of my daughter dying because my wife is uh, Mexican and I know I don't want to make this podcast any longer in uh, San Antonio where her family comes from. Okay. They take uh, eggs. You know, they, you know, during the year you, when you crack your egg to make whatever you're making, yeah. you don't, don't break the whole shell. You just crack the top of it. You pour it out. Okay. So they make the, they're called cascarones and you take confetti you first you dye the egg different colors you take confetti mm -hmm. and you put it in there and then you you put like uh you put uh, uh tissue paper over it so that the confetti doesn't leak out so for easter for good luck usually what would happen is the her whole family would get together and everybody gets a dozen eggs and you're just smashing the eggs on people's heads <laughs> so like i try to say i'm like i'm out of bounds i'm not playing because i'm well, most of my wife's family is shorter than me. Her uncle calls me Godzilla because I'm six. And I'm not. I'm not that tall. I'm six foot three. But most of them come up to here. <laughs> but it's like mortal. Like the little kids just start going crazy and smashing each other in the heads. They can't reach your head if you're an adult. They'll ram an egg into your knee or your leg, and you have to be careful with the kids because they get aggressive. And if they hit too hard, the eggshell will actually embed in somebody's head, and you got to pull it out. Oh. But it's uh, the last pic. The last picture is us actually making the eggs. For us okay. To go to war with. So if you look up, if you follow Booby House, which is from a movie, B-U-B-B-I-E-H-A-U-S, it's from one of the Frankie Avalon and Ned Finicello Beach movies. Uh, it's the evil house that South Dakota Slim has to saw people in half. You're okay. like, what the hell are you talking? Yeah, I know. I have that's, no idea. That's a, talk for a movie. That's a movie. That's a movie conversation. <laughs> but that, that's probably my Instagram would probably be the one that's the, that you could follow and I follow bag accounts and sometimes I, I do pop up and talk to sometimes on my social media, you will notice, especially if you're in comic books, random comic book people will come across and say things or post things. We're talking about beer or something else. So <laughs> that'd be the one to, to follow. I mean, it's so, uh, it's unfortunate that this is only audio, but if we ever do a meetup and I'll be in Chicago, we have to do like like a house tour or a room tour of your place. And I feel I will feel oh, no, I, I definitely. <laughs> well, I already talked to my wife. My wife said if you do a meetup here, you know, anybody, our house is open for the meetup. The that only catch awesome. is is that the next meetup the next meetup has to be in Germany. Yeah. So she sure. wants she's like, I don't 
that's not fair. She's like, that's not fair. Everybody gets to come to my house. I don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whenever this whole pandemic is over, A, we all meet at your place. And then we all meet in Germany. And then hopefully we meet all in Australia and then in Ireland. So it's going to be a world tour. <laughs> oh, I please. I would love that. That's, yeah. uh, you know, I have where I keep my beer, I have a kegerator. So I have a keg on tap all the time. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Every, so, everybody come on over. <laughs> so thank you so much, James, for uh, joining me on this podcast. And if anyone else has any questions for James, maybe about comics or any other stuff, feel free to comment below in on this podcast. And yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Stay safe and healthy. And again, James, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It was my pleasure. Bye.